0: We're here to take a broader look at fantasy baseball and consider whether there's room for it in a divided world. Like Duff and Taxes, Dodgers has been a Dodger.
1: I have That's not had the uh, three cold yet. It works, it works great, great in a fantasy league. League. I'm just glad mm. I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic.
0: Welcome to Fantasy Baseball 15 for Friday, June 5th. I'm Al Melkier, and I'm here with Derek Van Riper. And uh, I'm going to ask uh, all of you and ask you, DVR, to indulge me for maybe a minute or two because I, I we're going to do something a little bit different today, uh, sort of by design. This show is really about the micro elements of uh, fantasy baseball, uh, you know, draft strategy, player analysis, all that kind of stuff. Um, we rarely, if ever, really take a macro look at fantasy baseball, but it uh, occurred to me uh, within the last couple of days that there are certain assumptions that I make about what's going on in the world right now. And and I had this realization that the very same things that are going on in our larger world are also happening happening in baseball. And I thought it was something that we should talk about. So what I mean by that is that um, – in, in you know in the world we have growing inequality we've got a disappearing middle class these are things that have been going on for decades uh, and as a result of that you have exploitation of people who have less power who have fewer resources and really an integral part of that is the institutional racism that is um, you know very much at the forefront of our discussions right now um, so what this has to do with baseball. Is that we see a lot of those same things we see with what's going on with the negotiations around having a 2020 season where um, the the season basically may not happen because you know, the owners don't want to uh, they, they don't, don't want to not maximize their wealth. I realize that's a very inelegant way to put it, but um, there's a. Uh, there's a growing inequality in in baseball. And, you know, of course, the most egregious example of that is in terms of the treatment of minor leaguers and the compensation of minor leaguers. But even, you know, with major leaguers, they're seeing uh, their compensation flatten while revenues are growing. So we're seeing a reflection of what's going on in the greater society there. And my belief, and again, DVR, I'm going to toss this to you in in a minute here. um, My belief, which you can, you know, Certainly dispute is that what's going on right now in our society is not sustainable, our, the, the way that things are in terms of the growing disparities. This is not sustainable. And if it's not sustainable in the greater society, then can it be sustainable in baseball? I don't think it can. And so that makes me think, well, fancy baseball's been a huge part of my life. I mean, it's been my full-time job analyzing, writing about, talking about fantasy baseball for more than 10 years. I've been doing it in some capacity for more than 20 years. And in this world where things are looking increasingly unsustainable, at what point, I'll just put it out there, at what point do we move on? Um, So I I feel like this is a very odd topic for a show. That's for people who love and enjoy fantasy baseball. DVR, you and I did a retro draft uh, last night. I had a lot of fun, you know, so it, it feels sort of odd talking about walking away from fantasy baseball. But these are things I'm thinking about, and uh, I wanted to have a conversation about it because I don't know if it's if it's just me.
1: I don't think it's just you. I think a lot of people, even, even prior to what we've seen uh, in the form of protests and the response to the murder of George Floyd, I think people were stepping back a little bit prior to this with the pandemic and saying hey you know maybe because of, of job loss maybe because of fear job loss it, it was a big picture life change for a lot of people that have led many of us to start asking questions like this so you're certainly not alone in taking a step back and and saying, hey is this is this really what I should be doing what I want to be doing is this even good? Is this a thing worth continuing to pursue in the future? I think those are all fair questions to ask. Um, I think the first person I think of every time minor league pay comes up as an issue is Emily Walden. She has done so much great work shining a bright spotlight on how minor league players are treated and how minor league players are underpaid. And it's inspirational because I think the work that she and Britt Garoli did uh, reporting what the Nationals Major League players were doing to uh, work together to bridge the gap and pay the minor leaguers who the Learner family didn't want to pay. Learners own the Nationals. Uh, their reports and the public pressure that followed had a huge impact. They changed ownership's position completely. And I think having people who are like that, like Emily, um, having people that are, are willing to push for other people, anybody in need, that's critically important in all walks of life. Now, I think your, your broader question is absolutely still worth thinking about here because is is doing this within baseball? Is this the best use of your time or everyone's time? not necessarily right like you can you can find other ways to support people in need and to help people in need in all other walks of life so that might sound very vague and rambly um, but i I completely understand where you're coming from with that question, and I just think they're there's one very prominent example who comes to mind every time with that issue in particular and it makes me think if if Emily hadn't stepped up and started doing what she was doing how much attention would be paid to minor league pays right now that's the impact really i think of, of one person that you can see pretty clearly right now well
0: and yeah and we can you know kind of toggle that kind of perspective back to what's going on in the broader world that you know we have you know, good journalists, uh, you know, like Emily Walden, but, you know, her counterparts who are covering what's going on uh, with uh, police brutality and with the demonstrations and um, everything that's that's happening, Uh, you know, and yeah, we wouldn't necessarily know about it without without a free press, without uh, journalists who, you know, who do this do this really important work. Um, So what what I what I think I'm hearing you saying DVR, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, and I and I may be completely misunderstanding you, is that uh, you know instead of focusing on the 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 negative trends that are going on, you know we can still enjoy this this hobby and realize that um, you know there's all kinds of angles to it. Um, there's all kinds of things going on, and you know, there. And you look at all the players who have come out and, and spoken up in the in the past week or so, um, and you know, think, oh, it's it's cool to have that player on my team. And you know, uh, is that sort of where you're you're coming from?
1: Yeah, I, I guess I think the way that I'm I'm looking at it is if if we are going to continue covering this game and supporting this game, uh, I think it's important for us to hold the people accountable who have things that are very unfair um minor league pay as an example i would say international free agency i think that is one of the ugliest things happening in professional baseball right now that needs to change and i think what anybody who follows the game closely or reports in the game could do is is say hey this is this is an area where I can make a difference and be that person, be that force, be that, that that driving push to make actual change happen. Top performers in business and sports often attribute their success to their morning routine, whether it's waking up early, setting their goals for the day, exercise, or meditation. But not everyone has the time to do it all. With Hydrant, you can jumpstart your mornings. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There are no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. You could save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code BASEBALL at checkout. That's drinkhydrant.com and enter the promo code BASEBALL for 25% off your first order. drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code BASEBALL. So, yeah,
0: I'll admit I have a hard time getting there. And I think it's it's a perspective that's worth considering, you know, given that I just said, you know, you and I did a draft you know, hours ago, um, that at least, you know, I, I, had fun. It seemed like you were having fun. Um, yeah, no, I had, a, I had a good time with it. And, you know, so we, we, you know, we do get some enjoyment out of it, but when, you know, we look at the bigger picture and say, well, you know, gee, is it really that fun to simulate this thing? That's, that's really got a lot of very deep problems. Um, one one. Message that I'm getting in my own head as, as I'm hearing you come from this perspective is, you know, if you talk about people like Emily Walden, you know, you're talking about people, you're talking about journalists, people covering the game. I don't feel like I cover the game. I, I do in the sense that I do maybe a little bit of, of data journalism that, um, you know, I, I zero in on performance and have things to say about performance from a you know particular angle, looking at data, um, but it feels like a stretch, maybe, to call that journalism. And I feel like what we do do in the uh, in the fantasy industry is we we kind of simulate the status quo, um, and that's why that's why it bothers me a little bit. So, I, well, I okay, I have a couple questions, but you know, is does that is does that seem like a reasonable approach or an approach that you can relate to? That'd be the first question I have yeah no i
1: I think that's that's fair
0: and you know if if that is fair, is there a point where the where things change in the status quo to a point where you couldn't enjoy playing fantasy baseball? is there a line you would draw and say, you know if x or y happens, I just can't
1: do this i I like to believe that there is i I guess I don't know where those lines are. I mean, I have abstract ideas of where those lines are. I, I guess I, I what I'm what I'm really trying to say is I don't know how far away we are from a point like that. Um, we're probably closer to it now than we've been in my professional career in this industry, um, because I, I think what I'm Realizing is there there are other things I can do to make an impact. Um, I can try and make the fantasy sports community better, and that's an endeavor worth pursuing. But is that the endeavor that I am most passionate about? Uh, Are there other areas of greater need that I can serve? Maybe there are plenty of other people who can do the work in the fantasy sports community that I'm referring to, and I'm better suited for something completely different. Like I I think I'm just really trying to open my mind to being being in a position to be as helpful to as many people as possible. Um, And I think because of having such a long time spent in this business, especially, it feels like that could still be the right answer. I'm not certain that it is, but... It feels like it is. And you've been doing this for uh, longer than I have, right? So I mean, I think when you have that much invested, when you have that much uh, time and, and work and you have those relationships built, your influence, your ability to cultivate change is a lot greater. Um, so I, I think maybe we have to look and say, are we, are we underestimating what we can do or what we could be doing or should have been doing all along?
0: Yeah. And that's a different perspective, really, than where uh, I was coming from when I started thinking about this and then start thinking about this as a, as a show topic. It was really a, a very selfish perspective that, you know, it's and I, I said this on I think it was Wednesday's show DVR with you that, um, you know, it's hard for me to, to be engaged right now uh, with fantasy baseball. And so I wasn't even thinking about it in terms of being a leader, you know. In that way so that's another another thing to think about from my perspective uh, and really from I think all of our perspectives but um, yeah I was just thinking more in terms of you know what would it take for me to, to re-engage um, and you know maybe that that retro draft was instructive because like I said I, I was engaged I had fun. it was a one-off so it's not the same thing as doing analysis for a living and doing it every day full time. Um, so I don't know, you know, I have no, I have no answers. (laughs) I just had a feeling about this and wanted
1: to put it out there. Again, you're certainly not alone in that position. I think people from all walks of life right now are, are asking different questions than they've been asking themselves for a long time. You know, some people are very introspective by nature. Uh, I think some people constantly look back and say okay what am I doing what should I be doing but I think we've reached a point in our history where a lot of people are saying wait a minute what am I doing why am I doing that for like what was my reasoning for this I, I think that's that's at least the line of, of, of thinking that I've been going through more often yeah well and it's certainly not gonna
0: stop here uh and uh you know because we do do a uh, roughly 15 minute show uh doesn't necessarily lend itself to the most expansive discussion, but uh, you know we can we can build on it and come back, and, and you know we we'll certainly have opportunities to. And I also want to just talk about this from I guess it's a little bit from the perspective you were just coming from DVR that you know part of maybe what we can do to enhance our enjoyment of playing fantasy baseball is to make it better. And uh, Alex Fast has been doing a lot of uh, work uh, in, in that regard. Uh, he retweeted a piece. Uh, by by Blair Williams, and Blair Williams has clearly been doing doing some work in this regard. Wrote a really really thought provoking piece on how to make the fancy sports community uh, more inclusive. Uh, so do check this piece out. Creating a more inclusive fancy sports community. It's by Blair Williams. It's on the Everywhere Blair uh, blog, and. Uh, know, I saw Alex having to answer a lot of questions on Twitter after he retweeted this piece about, you know, people saying, oh, well, you know, why do you want to force people to play fantasy baseball who maybe just aren't interested? And that's not what it's about at all. Uh So uh, I just want to put that that uh, just put that out there. So uh, do check that out, and uh, that's going to be all for at least for now for this discussion and for this episode of Fancy Baseball in Fifteen. So uh, for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier. We'll be right back here on Monday.